0: Welcome to Dayser Update 4, May 15th, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Oloji.
1: I'm Brandon Perkins.
0: And I'm Dan Victoria. And yeah, we have a big list of news here, mostly from the Nintendo Indie World Showcase.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: we'll get to that uh, a bit later, and sort of why it was a pretty weird little showcase. Yeah. For stuff, but yeah, we have a, a bunch of other things here that have been going on. We got your uh, newest A Nintendo 64 game for your Nintendo Mm -hmm. Switch Online plus expansion pack. Yep. Uh, We have uh, a smattering of EA news. They uh, announced a few different things here that are pretty interesting stuff. You know, a date for Dead Space Remake. We know Mm -hmm. when that's going to be happening. Uh, We know the uh, final outcome for uh, their whole little spat with FIFA. Yep. And then uh, Criterion's back in the news for good news reasons. Uh, We do have uh, some other interesting bits where Bethesda delayed two of their big games that kind of destroyed Microsoft's uh, second half of the year uh, for what they've got coming, as far as we know. Uh, But yeah, that's uh, a big deal, and uh, there's a way to play an even worse version of Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah, uh, We'll tell you about, and Activision Blizzard decided they wanted to create more bad news about themselves for some reason. And we'll tell you how they did that uh, before we get uh, to any of that news. We'll talk about what we've been playing. Uh, I have been playing a good bit of Iain Chronicle Rising, uh, though Dan Rebe has it, so we'll talk about that a little bit later when he gets to it. Uh, but uh, other stuff I've been playing, there's Salt and Sacrifice. The newest game from uh, James Silva, mm-hmm. makers of uh, a bunch of uh, interesting little indie games. the The Vampire, uh, dishwasher vampire games. I think that's the the name for those weird little action games. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Salt and Sanctuary was the first one in this series, and Sacrifice is the sequel. I don't I don't know that the the story stuff follows it in any way, but uh, your character is after you create them uh they kind of uh, are sort of a i forget what the term they call her, they came up with some some kind of weird ass title for it
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh but you're kind of sectioned away to uh this whole new life for crimes you've committed That's one of the things you pick which in like a a soul's kind of way is like the starting item you get mm-hmm. uh, but it's of course, tied to a a crime that you've committed. So I picked Forgery, which gave you this weird land deed
2: mm-hmm. that
0: you, I guess, forged, but still are able to keep for some reason uh, in this whole process. But yeah, the the whole thing with the game uh, is that you are kind of on this quest and you've got like a base of operations uh, to go back to and sort of do your Upgrades and crafting and leveling up and all that kind of stuff, as you kind of get new people to join your little brigand of weirdos, I guess I don't know. But uh yeah, the whole the whole like thing is you're kind of fighting these mages cool. that you weirdly have to like devour them. Uh, you kind of fight them up to the point they kind of kneel, and then you get the the prompt to devour them in a whole weird little thing. Uh, and it, then forget one of the, the big named ones uh, you get to see like they're like human form or whatever it is. I don't know. It's very weird. Uh, and they just say a lot of weird stuff. It's just kind of very hilarious in a way. Yeah. Cause probably one of the first ones you'll face is a, a fire mage.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That the way it kind of works is that it's almost like a Monster Hunter kind of fight, and that's the thing that's kind of that seems to be annoying a lot of people that just wanted a Souls game. Mm-hmm. Is that there's like an element of Monster Hunter to this where uh, you will find you know a dead body in uh, some of these areas, and you can sort of take on the hunt for whatever killed them, the mage oh. and their named mages. Uh, they go into your little bestiary of the various sort of enemies you kill, mm-hmm. and uh, once you devour them, there's like a generic version. So I have like a cryomancer and a, a fire mage that sort of have you know just randomly spawn in the opening area.
2: How mm-hmm.
0: uh, you start in, uh, so that's kind of the the thing there. But they they and the enemies that they uh, will spawn uh, drop. Uh, materials that you can use to craft new weapons and armor and other stuff to equip on your character, kind of stuff. So you're building your loadout and all that kind of stuff. Uh, as well as when you level up, you get to you get a point to put on your skill tree, mm-hmm. which is a very huge skill tree. If you've played like Path of Exile and seen how ridiculous that mess of circles that you can hop between. As you do your upgrades, this kind of has one that's similar it's a bit more modest uh but you can uh definitely uh move your way around you know the the ones that are initially opened are the the ones from the class you start with mm-hmm. and the uh like the the sort of armor and weapons and abilities you have to start with that uh are pretty neat uh, so I'm kind of still fairly early on like maybe level twelve or so mm. Mm-hmm. I did have one annoying bit where I killed a uh, named mage. It was like picking up all their shit, and then their dead body just like fell over, and I could no longer like talk to them, see what hilarious stuff they were going to say. Uh, that was uh, sad and annoying, but then I decided to keep pressing on, and you know, where this goes in his soul's ways, I died, and then died on the way to getting back to it, and so lost like a good bit of uh, their souls are called salt. Mm-hmm. be shocked by the name that they do that, but there's also like a a like a merchant cur- currency there too.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know what
0: the name is. They don't they don't do a great job of explaining stuff in this game. Uh, when you're setting up your character, you know, in Souls games, you can typically like hit a button that lets you look at the different stats and it'll explain what those are and what they do if you you know increase them or whatever. Uh, they don't do that here, so even when you're going through the different classes, you don't. You can try to figure out what their items are uh, without, you know, going to a wiki. Now the wiki is probably more filled out, but from day one, you know, it's a bit more of a challenge to keep up with that stuff. But uh, that, the 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 crime, the item, the special item you get, that was sort of a, a mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of stuff is, was a bit annoying than just getting into the game. And they do do a... a a good job of explaining various mechanics and all that kind of stuff with pop-ups and all that, but I don't think there is a great, like, resource for going back and going over that stuff mm-hmm. uh, as much as there should be for a game like this. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of the, the main failing, is that there can be times being like, what am I doing? What is What does this mean? You know, I had two numbers uh, in the bottom left that were like, I know one of these is my salts. I don't know which one it is. Even basic stuff like that, like what do these icons mean? Kind of stuff that uh, could be better explained.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm hoping that's uh, the dev James Silva kind of gets uh, some time to work on that kind of stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but yeah, the the game itself has you know co op uh, throughout it. So you can set up passwords and all that kind of stuff to let other people join you. And I believe you can kind of, from what I read, there's, it has some really good sort of co-op stuff to it. As far as you can sort of keep progress from what you do in other people's games to a degree, mm-hmm. as well as all the stuff you get. So it's a, a pretty forgiving and uh, feature filled kind of thing. There's a lot of items too for summoning people and leaving messages and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it has a very Demon Souls kind of setup where you're kind of in a undead state when you start because they kill you off of the boss uh, right away just to show you that you, you're not shit. Mm-hmm. And so you're in this kind of undead state where you don't have access to like maybe 20% of your health bar uh, and sort of like a, a Demon Souls uh, sort of system. And then the weird things they describe, like, oh, there's, there's to sort of regain your life, or whatever they they describe it as. And I have like a bunch of those now. Because mm. they're just, they're fairly easy to get, kind of stuff. But uh, I could do that, but that would leave me uh, open to being invaded by other people. And like, I've got enough shit to worry about here, versus just inviting other people into my game. Mm-hmm. Or leaving myself open to invasions, that kind of stuff. So, that's definitely been the whole thing there They're they're definitely you know influenced by the Souls games as well as Monster Hunter that <laughs> leads to some some interesting mix of gameplay here uh, where I'm definitely kind of going back to some of the, the earlier areas and just kind of looking for these you know uh, mages the uh, the sort of more generic forms of them to get materials to craft other stuff I want uh, in my uh, camp that kind of stuff. Mm. But yeah, they, there's a lot to like here uh, I'm enjoying it I'm going to keep playing I've gotten to the second area And there's definitely A lot of stuff I'm seeing where it's like Okay, there's another ability that I need to get uh, So there's like a Metroid element to it Where the first thing you get is a grappling hook That makes it a lot easier to get around
2: mm-hmm. As
0: you see a lot of these hooks around It's like, oh, they, I can hardly get around anywhere uh, But yeah, this... uh. This game's uh quite good. I'm looking forward to put some more time into it, but yeah, it's it's got an interesting flavor to it from the original, which was more of a straight up Souls kind of game, Without with the your typical kind of Metroidy kind of stuff to it because it's two D in style and all that. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's out now on PS Five, PS Four, and PC. Uh, so definitely worth checking out if you need one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other game I've been playing is Rocket League. Uh, just kind of doing my thing, uh, though of late I've been in kind of a funk. Uh, I've dropped a, a bunch of ranks, so mm. kind of taking a break here, hopefully to kind of reset my my luck in the game, mm. uh, but still enjoying it a lot. Uh, but that's been pretty much it for me. How about you, Brandon?
1: Uh, well, as for me, um, I finished the main campaign of Dragon Age Inquisition last night, so I'm going to be... Moving on to the expansion material, which I actually did not get a chance to play the last time I played this when it originally came out. So, you know, yeah, it's going to be kind of a new experience for me. Um, But, uh, yeah, uh, that game is a lot of fun. It is also janky as hell, um, which, as I've said before, uh, as far as the Dragon Age games are concerned, they're all janky in some way or shape or form. Uh, even as far back as when the original Dragon Age Origins was released, Uh, because people were comparing it to, I think it was then Mass Effect 2 that had been released right around that time, and it was definitely a lot more fine-tuned than Dragon Age was, even graphics-wise. But, I mean, the Dragon Age universe is itself a lot of fun to play in, so it's it's fine. Uh, I have a fairly high tolerance for that type of stuff. Uh, but other than that, I've also been playing Danganronpa too. Um, I played the original Danganronpa sometime back, um, and the Danganronpa games, they have a, a sort of, a reputation for being, really just going in some really bizarre turns, um, Basically, their games are basically they're sort of visual novel esque mystery adventure games where uh, there you and a bunch of other students are like trapped in. Well, in the first game, you're trapped in like a school, and this one, you're trapped on like a tropical island out in the middle of the ocean. And basically, it's being run by this uh, evil teddy bear thing called Monokuma, and basically, the whole thing is you're playing what's called the killing school game which is you know it's it's a sort of and then where there were none type situation um where there is a every so often someone will kill someone else and then the goal will be you and the rest of the surviving students to try and figure out who the who the culprit is And then they will then be punished afterwards. But if you end up getting it wrong and end up getting the wrong person, then the person who actually committed the murder gets to go free, but everyone else has to die. And the original Danganronpa went went in some bizarre directions, but it is nothing compared to the just absolute weirdness that Danganronpa Two is. Um, Right off the bat, it starts showing some. It starts going in some very weird directions um and honestly it's incredibly unpredictable um at this point so yeah but that's pretty much what i've been playing so dan what about you
3: real quick brandon i actually have all those games but i've never just had the time to just pop one in Mm -hmm. uh they're they're all fairly long
1: right uh yeah kind of um yeah they're as long as you make them um if you went like through straight through the whole thing, it's it generally about like five or six chapters. Eh, you're looking at a good twenty thirty hours.
3: Gameplay wise, are we talking mostly text or is there some actual?
1: Ah, uh, it's a little bit of half and half. But yeah, I mean they're definitely worth playing um, because it is, it, like I said, it is extremely weird. Um, but yeah, they are kind of an investment. <laughs> so. You know, just know that beforehand. The good thing, though, is that you can basically save at any time. So, you know, it's not like you you have to, like, replay whole parts of it or anything.
3: Well, oh, yeah, so we're on me now. Um, mm-hmm. For those of you that follow me on social media, uh, I tested positive for COVID this week. So I've been yeah. pretty much down and out. Um, yeah. And that's that's given me some time to, like, do some stuff I otherwise didn't have time for. So, like, mm-hmm. as far as Netflix goes, I was able to finish... Um, Kim's Convenience, as well as Atypical, both of those shows ended last year, so I finally found some time. Yeah, this this isn't days or update, so I won't go 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 far into those. But um, well, just
1: before we go any too much farther, uh, yeah. are you doing? Th- are you having that thing where you're not having the same symptoms day after day? What do you mean? Well, are you waking up one morning and you're like, oh, I got then car- muscle pain, and then you wake up the next, and it's like, oh, I got a sore throat, and you know. Muscle pain and stuff, but not the headache anymore. Stuff like that. Gotcha. Cause that's what ha- Yeah, cool. that's what happened when I got it. It was like it was just, it was was just like a six-sided die of bullshit.
3: Yeah. Just to go into my COVID chronicles for a few minutes here. Um, it's been really weird. Like, I am the type of person, because I, I live in Santa Clara County, so I want to, like, we're, we're one of the most strict places in, in, in California or in the world mm-hmm. in general. And, uh, yeah, I normally test every month. Yeah. Um, I was actually supposed to test on Friday, uh, but then I got an email uh, from my gym on Sunday saying, "Oh, uh, somebody went in and they were infected, so you might want to get tested." So I went ahead mm-hmm. and got tested the next day. Um, and what happened was on Friday I made a mistake at work, and I I, I had a headache, and I I just thought it was stress induced. Yeah. Uh, and then the next day after our, our after our Mother's Day barbecue thing. Uh, I felt, I felt weak. I, I, I probably uh, had symptoms and, uh, yep. like our weather has been really, really weird. Like some days it's been 60, some days it's been 80 and some days it's, it's been both of those are on, on, in the same 24 hour period. So, you know, yep. I attributed these things to stress, bad weather, things like that. Cause last year I went to five states and I was fine. Mm. So, uh, when I finally test on Monday, uh, it was quote-unquote hella positive like you know the the at-home test with, with the two lines
1: yeah
3: it was extremely dark and i was like <laughs> oh shit, that's not good and like it was a real bummer because we had our first workouting uh since the pandemic started on wednesday and i wasn't able to go to that which sucks because i i hope yeah play, things like that uh girlfriend's parents weren't home so um mm. yeah couldn't really uh quote-unquote do that either but um yeah yeah so uh on friday when i tested again i had a very very thin line i'm testing Mm -hmm. again right now i'll find out within four minutes whether it's still there but uh yeah it's been one of those things and as far as my symptoms go um i've had a lingering cough for a few weeks Mm -hmm. and like i said like it's it's been a few weeks so i've had this cough since before covid so it's been that but as far as how how the week has gone the symptoms have pretty much just been the cough
1: yeah Uh, like I have, I'm, well that means I'm, you're just having mild symptoms then so exactly. i guess you're already you're vaccinated too yeah yeah okay and, and boosted yep all right yeah that's yep. what i thought so,
3: you know I, i'm vaccinated i'm boosted I'm, I'm fortunate enough to say that i'm in the best shape of my life so i've, I, I've been yeah. able to uh get over this quickly but you know that yeah. being said i still missed out on a lot of things that i would you know uh would have not have preferred but anyway mm-hmm. as far as you know, I, I had a choice. I either get started on something huge, or I just beat a whole bunch of small things. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, those of you that follow me on Twitter know that I like to keep track of all the games I've beaten in a, in a single year. And uh, so far, I'm at seven. I started at I've five at the at the at the start of the week. So yeah, I was able to finish um, uh, unpacking. And as I mentioned last week, like uh, it was really the the the, the UI changes uh, that really uh, put it over for me. Um, mm-hmm. Like there is a mode where you can just go ahead and put uh, whatever furniture wherever you want and just go ahead and move forward,
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, but
3: there's also a right way of doing things. And um, as I stated before, like if your uh, furniture item is in the wrong place, um, like you'll know right away. So I was able to do all that, and you know, without going like too far into spoiler territory here. Like one of the levels um, was also a recreation of the first level. Except Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, it's 2012 versus like, I don't know, 98, 2003, whenever it was. So Mm -hmm. the main character moved back home. And uh, one of the items I had trouble putting away uh, was a photo of uh, the main character and a significant other. So I was like, oh, okay, this is a breakup. And then eventually, like after getting through that level, I went to another uh, apartment that had like four rooms. And after that, there was this big level that had like eight rooms. And I was like, this has to be the last level. And I finished it. It was pretty cool. Um, during the during the credits, the uh, the theme song all of a sudden had lyrics. Um, I always find uh, a little bit of charm in that, no matter how corny it is. So it was a really cool experience. The game actually just came out on uh, PlayStation, so like you know, if, if you didn't play it on Switch or uh, Xbox Game Pass before, it's definitely uh, something I'd recommend. I don't know if mm-hmm. I'd re- uh, spend twenty bucks on this one, um, but mm-hmm. you know, ten dollars seems about the the, the, sweet, the sweet spot here. So yeah, that 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 was unpacking. Um, and I also, you know, dove some more into the Xbox Game Pass archives, and I fired up Paparazzi. Uh, Paparazzi is more or less a um, Pokemon Snap clone, because the purpose of this game is to just take pictures of all the puppies you see. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you can assume, it's, it, it's pretty weird. Um, so, of course, the game's going to have sort of a cutesy look. But then, like, when you walk around and explore, you see that the dogs are... They're not walking, they're hopping. A lot. And... Mm-hmm. That's not cute to me. That's really, really creepy. <laughs> um, you know, there are some cute dogs. Like, you know, they're the first one you see a dog, like, wearing a business coat. And then other things. But the dogs also look a little weird. So on top of it being a little weird and uh, the fact that I didn't like the physics, like, unlike a game like uh, Pokemon Snap, which, which is on rails, uh, this game, it, it's, it's, it's free roam. So you can go ahead and walk anywhere you want toward the island, take out your camera, take shots that way. But mm. I didn't really like find myself married to the controls. Like you know, you, you you take out your camera with left trigger, and then you you snapshot with right trigger, and you gotta put your camera away with left trigger, or else if you walk, you you you're you're too slow, and that sort of thing. It, it it just didn't really feel very you know dynamic in its approach. So,
2: mm.
3: um, despite the fact that I saw that in how long how long to it was two hours. I just couldn't spend more than half an hour playing this game just because of how cumbersome. It that was it with that. And then, as I continued to scroll past the Xbox Game Pass, I saw that think Chronicle Rising* came out. So mm-hmm. Chris mentioned playing it uh, right now. So far, I saw that I saw that he was streaming it for a little bit, and uh, yeah, I was engaged uh, to a point where I actually finished the game. So, mm. um, how long would you say it is? Uh, if you're just straight lining it, ten hours. Um, I actually okay. went ahead. And, I went ahead and like did everything, so it, it's uh, fifteen hours. If you wanted to do like every side quest. And as I'm sure you'll point out in your little thing, um, there are a lot of side quests. In fact, the game is probably nothing but side quests, and there is a mundane kind where it's pretty much just, oh, talk to this person over here, and then go to another part of the map and talk to this person, and all of a sudden, your side quest is over. So there's like, you know, 50 of those, and then there's like 50 where... um, oh, I am missing this sort of item that you can only get in the woods. So you go to the woods, kill items and grab, uh, or, or kill kill enemies and grab what it, grab their loot, and you go ahead and bring it back to town. And um, during this process, you're pretty much building the town. But, you know, before I talk about that, like, uh, for those of you that, that aren't aware, um, Aiden Chronicle Rising is a prequel to a Kickstarter game uh, that was announced, like, I don't know, a year or two ago? And it's probably, like, the biggest uh, JRPG... Uh, Kickstarter in a while because these are from the people that did the Sweet games, mm-hmm. and yeah, we're probably not gonna get another one of those, so it's good that this was kickstarted. And um, yeah, it it pretty much sets up the world building um, for the game. If, if if you haven't seen it in action, um, Ieden Chronicle, I think it's called Hundred Heroes. The the actual game coming out next year is a JRPG very much in the vein of a game like Octopath Traveler because the graphics look very 2D HD. Except 2DHD is also with Square Enix copyright, so it's probably not going to be called that. Um, cool. But yeah, like the game looks good. But Ivan um, Chronicle Rising is uh, mostly a side scroller. In fact, it's, it's entirely a side scroller. So it's a game very much in the vein of something like the Zelda 2. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a side scroller uh, loot game where you pretty much just, you know, go forge through dungeons and try to complete the map that way. And for the most part, it's really, really simple. You know, um, controls are pretty much held to two buttons. You have your X button to attack, jump. And then you also can, uh, switch, uh, party members by pressing another button. So, you eventually recruit a kangaroo, uh, who is a mercenary. And he has a big sword, because, you know, JRPG. And all you do is use the Y button, and all of a sudden he'll just be attacking with his big sword. Uh, you'll eventually unlock a third member of your party, who I won't, uh, talk about. because Um, no. but yeah, so you pretty much go, go across the, the village, uh, doing quests so that you can earn the right to mine uh, underground and get treasure because your, your main character is a uh, treasure hunter. And um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's really, really simple, but what, what really keeps it engaging is just how fluid the gameplay is. Like, even yeah. though you run, you run around just pressing X, it just, it's fun to do that. The game looks good. And it's also really, really um, well done as far as it's music. Um, this has this has some of the best music I've played in any game in the, quite a while um and you know it's this is this is something where like if the kickstarter like has a has a cd that comes with it i would probably Kickstarter it for that cd just because it's that damn good um but yeah as far as my annoyances with the game um again like the whole thing is side quests so you know it, it's really really easy to get bored with that but uh this was chill because like there wasn't really anything overly challenging as far as doing them um, just because the side quests were so easy, it was go, it was really easy to just go ahead and do the next one and do the next one and do the next one. And, you know, you're all of a sudden you're, you're playing for hours upon end, uh, doing all these quests, uh, upgrading your loot and, uh, things like that. Um, my main thing with the game though, is that it's easy for about 85% of the way through. And then, uh, once you get to a point where you pretty much have everything you need, uh, to explore everywhere because there's sort of a Metroidvania component because you you can't go back to certain areas without certain attacks. Um, once the game opens up, it becomes uh, annoyingly hard in the sense where you're fighting like 50 enemies at a time or not 50 but you know 20 like something that will fill the screen. And like they're they're using moves that'll freeze you, uh, do do all these status effects, and you're you're just constantly absorbing damage, and it's just it's almost cheap. Um, I found myself having to go back into the settings and putting the game in simple mode. Uh, when you put the game in simple mode, all of the attacks are done with the X button, and all the combos are pretty much done with it too. Versus doing it in um, in uh, standard mode uh, gives you the, you know, using B, Y, and X as, as an attack button for all uh, members of your party. So, yeah, you have that huge difficulty spike, and then when you get towards the end, um, it's one of those things where they put you in the final dungeon and you can't save because there's no save point in the dungeon and all of a sudden you have three straight boss fights to go and it's not one of those games where you can buy 50 potions to you know uh just spam your way to victory you have like a very limited amount of slots which you can buy more assuming you did, you did all the side quests but yeah like it was a game where i loved spending time with it and then once well, once i got towards the end it was like you know what if you want to do well, you better put some more time in, or else, like, fuck your time. Because I had to, like, do that end boss, like, maybe four times. And honestly, like, I feel like I wasted time doing it. Like, I um luckily there were the... Uh, I saw later that there, were, there was some YouTube stuff, and I feel like even after beating it, I didn't really have to, just because, like, it was there. It was the last fight. I knew what, what I was supposed to do, but it was just annoying to the point where I don't know whether I was underleveled or I didn't have enough uh abilities. But, yeah, it's one of those things where you think you'll be able to straight line it, and then you find out you maybe you aren't strong enough, and then even when you are strong enough, you want to make sure that you have all the abilities, and the only way to do that is to do all the side quest. So I kind of 100%ed it out of, out of spite rather than wanting to. So that was pretty yeah. much it. Uh, that's all I got.
0: Yeah, you're correct that it's side quests the game. Yeah. That's the way that every single quest is presented to you, as <laughs> side quests, because you literally get to this town. They call it Nunavaya. They even misspell it. <laughs> uh, there's a certain character that shows up in his little... They do the whole, like, here's little info about this character. And it's spelled N-E-V-A-E-H. Every other time I've seen it, but this character shows up and it's misspelled N-E-V-E-A-H.
3: Yeah. I saw this I and I was it, like, wait I a minute. Like, Nivae or I don't know, but it was it was just weird. And you're right, there were some times where it was spelled different times.
0: There are times where I read character things characters are saying. And I'm like, wait, this, this doesn't make any sense. I don't know if it's written weirdly in a way that my mind is just not able to parse it or if this is just poorly written. And this is a definitely JRPGs JRPG writing. Uh, Cause it's slow. It repeats stuff a lot. It's oftentimes a lot of superfluous stuff. That's not interesting. So Of times, if I'm like, all right, I get the gist of what's going on here, let's skip, 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 you know, just keep going through. It's a very tedious game in a lot of ways. Even starting with your character, can get things like double jumps and dashes and ways to get around the world faster and more efficiently, but you can't use them unless you are in the dungeon areas. So when you're running around the towns uh, to find the person that, you know, has a quest for you, because One reason they have a bulletin board to tell you that these quests exist, but you have to go find that person to start it. And it's like, why is that not a thing? It confused me for a bit till I realized, oh, I have to go run around these areas to find these people to initiate the quest.
3: And like, sort of like to make it easier, but at the same time more cumbersome, is with each side quest, you have the ability to pretty much track it because, like, obviously there's so many, you don't even know like who to help because everyone is named. A different thing, and you know you're not going to really know them by face, even though all of their arts and art is different. But yeah. um, you, have, you have you have a quick travel system, so it's really easy to just go from one point to the other. But the problem okay. is with the map; the map doesn't even tell you like which parts, uh, uh, what what each part is named. So you're pretty much guessing like where each where each portion of the city is based on the map, but the map doesn't even make make sense either.
0: Yeah, there are two separate maps. There's the Metroid-like map. It doesn't tell you what any of the areas are. You just have to figure it out. And there's the the quick travel system, which just gives you the list of the names. And it's in a weird order too, where I would put the areas outside of town on the top so that if you're trying to warp back and forth, instead, as you find new areas in the town, it pushes those all the way to the bottom further and further each time. And it's... There's a lot of elements of this that is very tedious, so that's why when I go into uh, the forest or the quarry to do stuff, I grind the hell out of it and get as many items as I can, especially the unique items, so that uh, whenever I get quests, we're like, oh, just go get me one of these you know, generic items. Sometimes I have most of it already, so I don't have to do as much, or I already have it, and I'm just like, all right, here, take it.
3: Yeah, there are a lot of quests where they ask you for certain items you already have. So, you know, you have that feeling of, of, cool, I don't have to because it's already there. But at the same time, like, going back to dungeons you've already been to, like, you know, 10 times each gets, a, gets kind of cumbersome. So yeah. normally like, I, I go ahead and let those quests stockpile. And, you know, if I have, like, five things to do in the forest, I'm like, okay, cool, let's go ahead and do in the forest one by one. But then it's also really easy to forget to save. Uh, the auto-save in the game only really auto-saves when you're going through a real story point. And, yeah. you know, every quest is a real story point. So it's a rough. Yeah, so
0: the way they help with that stuff is there are these, they're essentially like crossroad signs that show up that are sort of your your quick travel points. You can save at them as well. So I save any time I'm near them. Uh, but, yeah, the the map is, like we said, with the town, where they have the quick travel map that just shows you circles and doesn't explain where that's at on the other map. Which is the Metroid-like map, which shows you like, okay, it'll tell you like this quest is for this specific area, and so you can warp to that area, but it doesn't necessarily tell you where at. It'll just like this is here. It could be a big area. It's like a an X-shaped map where, or yeah, where you got two, you know, path up on the top, path on the bottom, and a place where you can go down or up, whatever you, whatever way you're going. Uh, there can be times to. There's a lot of quests that are story based where the thing that it wants is something that only appears there because of a story quest thing which is another annoyance when it's like oh you gotta fight this this boss for this special special item or this times you like the uh, people are like, oh I lost my treasure here and it's in a treasure chest it's a treasure chest inside a treasure chest kind of situation that's just like okay uh, but sometimes just random items that it, only appear once when this quest asks you to. And it's very annoying when story story stuff happens where it forces you out of those areas or uh, I've had annoying points where it's like I was trying to do all the quests before I needed to advance the day for the, for the very first day. Uh, but me walking by the house triggered automatically sleeping because that was a yeah. story thing. I couldn't like skip past or anything because I didn't realize that was what it's. Doing there, uh, so there's a lot of like story points where it's like, oh, you can't do this for the time being uh, because of this thing, or because we got this story thing going. On. It's more important than the bullshit we sent you on. And yeah, like getting around the town's kind of annoying because you can fast travel between the areas, but like the the main place where all the the outsiders exist for the stores and such, it is a very long area. Uh, so there's probably where I'm at, there's probably about six or seven different people that are doing store stuff in there. And yeah, the, also the weird thing is when you talk to people, it's RB. It's not A, so I most of the time jump when I try to talk to people. It's a lot of weird stuff.
3: Yeah. The talking is done with the, uh, with the right bumper, but, um, yeah, like it's, it's, it's funny because like a lot of these problems are problems that are inherently in other, um, 2D action RPGs and mm. it's just weird because a lot of these things can be solved by menus. Um, yeah. Like, uh, you know, the th- things like a uh, quick travel or yeah, I mean, those are pretty much menus, but at the same time, like they seem cheap, but at the same time, like going through a really, really, really long part of the map from one point to the other, super cumbersome. But at the same time, I just found myself going back to the uh, quick travel more and more just because of how cumbersome.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, I don't know if this changed at some point, but it felt like uh, when you're in like the the opening part of a dungeon, like either the forest or the quarry, uh, it felt like early on you couldn't warp out of that back to the town so easily. Uh, but then at a certain point, it seemed to change. I don't know if that was...
3: Um, as far as walking back into town, there are some like required quests where after you do them, they go ahead and warp you back. But otherwise, you have to go back to the very... Yeah, you have to go back to the very entrance. That's yeah. where your items are unloaded, and that that's where you can quick travel again. Because once you're in the, you're, once you're in the depths of a dungeon, you can't quick travel out of it. You have to find your yeah. sign.
0: Yeah, because once you warp out of a dungeon to the beginning, it tells you like, here's all the stuff you got.
2: Yep.
0: I'm hoping you tell me at some point I can hold more items because fifty yeah, is not enough.
3: You you can buy all that. Okay. Uh, the problem is the economy isn't uh, really kind as far as like your the actual money in the game um, yeah. and the way to get it is often through a lo and behold side quest so
2: yeah yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually ran out of money for the first time just buying upgrades because I had all the materials because I acquired way more than I needed
3: yeah. yeah there was a point where I didn't know whether I wanted to upgrade my weapon buy a new weapon or buy potions just because you know like again like the game will reach a, uh, will re- reach, reach a challenge where eventually like it'll be hard to stay alive and sometimes you have to decide whether you want to either just go back to town and go to sleep or go ahead and buy items so that will use money or you can even um uh buy stuff from the uh, the diner or whatever because those come those come with buffs. The problem is if you buy those and you go to sleep the effect the effects wear off.
0: Yeah, I see the the end and it's like, "Oh, you get this buff for the next day." And I'm like, "Yeah, but that I assume it either advances the next day, or I don't know what it does. I'm so unclear with the language that I'm just don't want to do it.
3: As part of the story, uh, it doesn't count as as going to sleep.
0: Okay. Yeah. The way they they word that stuff is a little bit weird at times. Yeah,
3: they have wow. a lot of weird rules. So, like, yeah. The, 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 the more and more we the more and more we talk about it, like I'm I'm annoyed that that I even beat it, but I still I still have. Had a fun time with it, so I I can't really explain. Yeah,
0: this is very much one of those podcast games or Netflix games where you have to have something else on to keep your mind occupied from all the stupid shit that is going on in this game. Because the entire concept of the story here is that this earthquake happened three months ago, and they wait until this girl comes to town three months later to have everything get fixed. Instead of all the people they supposedly have here that they could contract to
1: fix. Okay, that is phenomenally stupid.
3: <laughs> and like and like this is a prequel to a bigger game coming out next year. Yeah, and um, I don't think it really makes any connections until the very end, where the game all of a sudden gets really political.
0: So, yeah. Well, other than the whole town, are there's a lot of people in the town that hate the, the adventurers, the outsiders, whatever they call them,
3: the Outlanders Guild, or uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: because they they're not real members of the town. So they don't want them to be able to live in the town. Mm-hmm. So they create this whole area for them. It's so much like one of the first quests you do is this old man who you've helped his son and his granddaughter. And the names of those people are weird. Cause the daughter's name is Priya. Her father's name is Ganesh. And his father's <laughs> name is Shiva. I'm like, you're naming these after gods. What the fuck? Mm. It's just like a carpenter and an old man who's just cranky because his clock tower fell over. You get him his one piece of stone that supposedly fixes the whole thing and he (laughs) refuses to do anything with it. Because he's like, you're an outsider. I'm not taking any help from you. And I assume it gets fixed at some point, unless you're telling me it's still down the entire time. uh,
3: beating, Beating the game, Chris? What's that? Do you see yourself beating the game? Maybe, but at some point I was... I'll just say the clock tower grows in importance. <laughs> okay.
0: Because he's very obsessed about it. So I figure it's... They didn't just have me do this just for the hell of it. It has to be something of importance to this town.
3: Well, but but, but at the same time, those still exist too. I mean, the very first quest in the game is to find a lost cat. Because JRPG.
0: Yeah, well, they got to introduce the father. Uh, who... So the best part about this game is the animation when you get after you help somebody get the items they need to fix their fix their build their shop or whatever. Where there's just this dude, it looks like the father, but they just might reuse sprites that just does like two little scenes of banging on you know nails for a building putting up. Oh, oh
3: yeah, it's 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 the carpenter in the game, um, yeah. and yeah, he's, he's 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 important too. But yeah, it's 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 a nice little. uh little jingle along with a short animation that happens. So here's the
0: one thing I have zero complaints about (laughs) this entire game. That's not to say the game's bad or anything. It's just very tedious. It's a game that you have to have, uh, you know, something else to keep your mind occupied because otherwise, you know, at a certain point I was playing this earlier and I was like, all I'm doing is going back and forth between the, you know, I go to the forest first and then I do the quest for the quarry, Uh, unless story stuff dictates I can't do one or the other. And I go back to the town and, you know, warp around to the different places. Uh, And I look at the the billboard and maybe it has stuff, maybe it doesn't. Or it shows you stuff and then you have to go run around the town to find the specific people. Because you don't always know who's what. And the worst kind of quests are the ones like, go ask a bunch of people stuff. Who knows? We can't do this shit because we're just stuck here in place. But yeah, it's it's a game I have a lot of nitpicks about. Doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad game or anything. Uh, but yeah. it's a game that comes with a lot of caveats for whether you decide to spend your time with it or not.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, short story, I mean, long story short, it's a it's a pretty fun COVID game. Because it doesn't really demand much out of you until you get to the very end and realize you, you probably wasted a lot of your time. But, you know, yeah. the, the, the characters, the story towards the end... Um are all pretty interesting. I don't know how much it'll connect to the actual game coming out next year, and I don't know if anybody's actually seen any trailers, but it looks terrific. So, you know, I'm 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 glad I got my feet wet and know a little bit more about the world. Um but yeah, this pretty much just defines like, you know, B rate, C rate, Game Pass game. And yeah. I don't know how much it actually costs, but I'm glad it was on Game Pass.
2: Yeah, yeah
0: and yeah, it's it's a, a solid game very much. As I said. Make sure you have, you know, Netflix or HBO Max or podcast on or something to keep your mind on something else, but the stupid things you're doing uh, yeah, over you and know, over again. Know,
3: like, the, the, the sound in the game is pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was one weird thing that I had to figure out. I was like, who made this game? Because mm. it's obviously not the devs of the the other game. I found it, it is a company called Natsume Atari. Mm. <laughs> Which is a whole weird thing. So uh, there used to be a company called Natsume, that was a Japanese company mm-hmm. that then formed an American division called Natsume Inc. There's Natsume Co. Limited. Natsume Inc. was the American branch that you know did the localizations and all that kind of stuff. And I guess it says here 1995, Natsume Inc. split from Natsume Co. became an independent company. Uh, the name Natsume was retained by both companies in respective countries. 2013 Natsume Co. Limited renamed itself Natsume Atari following a merger with its subsidiary Atari that year. Uh, Which I don't know how this ties into Atari. I don't think it does.
2: Because
0: this doesn't link to any sort of Atari company that I can find on this Wikipedia page. And yeah, they... Uh, and then, what, what does it say here? Also in 2013, Natsume Inc. American company inaugurated a Japanese division called Natsume Inc. Japan. No connection to its former parent company. So Natsume Atari is the Japanese company under a new name. Mm. It has nothing to do with uh, you know Atari. Whatever they are at this point. Uh, so yeah, this is like the... Well, Wikipedia Page. I don't think tries to make a distinction between the two. Well, other than just list games, like the, the last game they potentially made was a game called Omega 5 for XBLA on Xbox At least as far as what they're credited with on this Wikipedia page, it could be uh, something else. But if you look at their website, it has pictures of pachinko balls and uh, slot machine coins. And they've, they rain down from the top of the screen. You can click on them. I don't know why. Uh, so this is a company that makes, obviously, mobile games and such that's made this game as well. That is weird. I guess they're making a, or did make a Common Rider game. Uh, they make a lot of licensed stuff. Ultraman. Mm-hmm. They made a Persona game for mobile. Persona OA. I don't know what that is.
2: Mm.
0: There's, like, Girls in Panzer games. Oh, yeah, that. Uh, so, yeah, this... This is a very weird company. They made the Godzilla game on the PS3. <laughs> so, yeah, this yeah. is a very weird company. They made a Roroni Kenshin game on the PSP. I think it was only in Japan. I'm trying to look what are these. other games are. Yeah, I don't. Wild Guns Reloaded, they uh, remastered that. So, yeah, this is a very weird company.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Somehow they made this game. Mm-hmm. As far as I know. That's what it's credited as. So,. There you go. I even Chronicle Rising probably worth checking out. If it doesn't annoy you too much or just enough so that you finish the game out of spite, uh, whatever, but there you go. Uh, but let's get to some news, uh, stuff that we might have more positive things to say about. I uh, like this, a new update that came out for Deathloop this week called game update three mm-hmm. includes a big photo mode. Yep. Uh, as well as a bunch of accessibility options that adds a lot of cool stuff mm-hmm. that may be much bigger games that people want to uh, play with uh, accessibility options should take a look at.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, so for those accessibility options, uh, they do have things like, hey, you can navigate the menus with the D-pad and not a cursor. Mm-hmm. Uh, like every other game does. Uh, they also added some new options to when you first launch it. You know, some games do that where they you're like, oh, here's different things you might want to turn on now before you, you know, do anything. Mm.
2: They've
0: also added a, you know, accessibility menu category just for all this stuff uh, for that. But yeah, for gameplay accessibility options, uh, these all essentially, uh, depending on what you do, uh, will essentially turn off the online option for the game. Uh, So, one, you can turn on, uh, change the number of reprises to zero, one, two, three, four, or infinite, which is sort of how many, uh, like, second chances you have. You can have zero just for, you know, one life. I think by default, you get two. Uh, For that, uh, they have aim assist locks, so you can have it, you know, automatically lock on the NPCs or turrets or cameras or stuff like that. Uh, for that stuff, there's also a hacking mode, so you can change the input for hacking from a hole to a toggle. yeah, uh, you know, the uh, When set to a toggle, you just press once and begin the hacking, and will auto-complete mm. after the timer is completed. Uh, there's aim mode, so you can change the input for aiming down sights from a hole to a toggle. Um, when set to a toggle, pressing once will enter, aiming down sights and pressing a second time will stop that. Uh, You can also turn on a one-shot kill option so you can kill all enemies when hit with a weapon shot, machete, or grenade. Uh, Let's see. They do have combat difficulties now. Uh, Lenient defaults in harsh. Uh On the higher difficulty settings, enemies attack more often and are more accurate. Only the default option setting is available for online or friends modes. Uh, There's a loop lock stress option now. So you can mm-hmm. enable it or remove the difficulty increase linked to the loop stress augmentation system. Um, when it's disabled, the game automatically adjusts difficulty based on the player's success in killing visionaries, leading to increased difficulty when multiple visionaries have been killed in the same loop. As the default, or no, the setting is set to disabled by default. Uh, let's say there's yeah, there's game speed options. So you can go from the default one hundred percent to either seventy-five or fifty percent speed. Mm-hmm. So you can deal with you know the platforming and all that kind of stuff more easily if you uh, need that. And uh, yeah, combat player movement and enemy animations are impacted by that setting. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, there's also an option for uh, so when the game speed is set to 75% or 50%, this new setting allows players to choose whether the mode is set to always or toggle. So you have it on by default or something you can just toggle on and off when you need it. Uh, you can enable a new setting that will cause the game to pause when a player activates the weapon wheel. Mm-hmm. And was a new setting that you can have it tag multiple enemies near, multiple nearby enemies in a radius around the player, or in line of sight. Uh, and yeah, and the PC version got support for the AMD Fidelity FX Super Resolution uh, 2.0 support, which is their version of the uh, like the super sampling. Or no, this is the. I forget what it's called. It's the AI-assisted sort of uh, resolution stuff that helps helps uh, weaker systems run the game while it's still looking really good kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, so yeah, good stuff. Always good to see oh, more accessibility yeah. options in games like this.
1: Yeah. Also, uh reminder, everyone, the game is coming out for Xbox in September. So, I'm I guessing- don't
0: think that's been confirmed at all.
1: Are you sure? Because that's what I've been hearing. But uh, I guess the
0: assumption, because that's when the original came out. But
1: uh, I guess that's sure. I that's think
0: sure. the that Xbox event is when they will announce a, an official date. Yeah. Which will probably be September, but it's just not event official yet. Yeah.
1: And I'm guessing when it does come over, it's going to have all these features with it. Yeah, it'll be as updated as the other
0: versions are. So. Mhm. Uh, that one is going to be worth checking out. And hey, from software.
1: Mm -hmm. See how
0: this turning on some of these options turns off the online stuff? Yeah. You could do that. Yeah. Instead of acting like the online is the sacred cow that nothing can be done to affect that. Mm. It's like, how about make the people that use it not play online? Mm. Because they may not be wanting to play online anyway. It's weird how that works. Uh, But yeah, that's uh, good news there. Also good news, there's a new edition to the Nintendo 64 library for Nintendo Switch Online, mm-hmm. plus expansion pack. Uh, for May 20th, they're adding Kirby 64, the Crystal Shards, uh, a game that is pretty good. I liked it a lot. Uh, when I played that back on the Nintendo 64, it's you know Kirby in 3D for the first time, uh, but mm-hmm. not like 3D platformer, still side-scrolling and all that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but the fun thing is that they're like a Ability system is a bit different than usual, where you have essentially two slots so that you can combine abilities, uh, either two of the same to make it a more powerful version or combine different powers to create some some wild combos. Mm-hmm. Gives you sort of new and interesting powers to have in the game That's makes it a pretty cool game to explore, find all those different combos. It maybe has the worst ending mini game for any of the stages, because uh-huh. uh, essentially it lays out a picnic blanket of stuff, and you somehow have to figure out how to angle it properly, and then uh-huh. the, the, the jump. So you can do you know left and right to find the right angle for the item you want, but the jump animation is really poor. Uh, I figured that out when I was replaying it recently, I was like, "Wow, this is really bad." Uh, trying to figure out how Kirby's, like, bulbous form looks to determine how far they're going to jump. But that's kind of the, the main issue with the game is just that stuff. hmm
3: Yeah, I mean, like, that was actually my first um, Kirby game. Um, my first experience with Kirby was actually Smash Bros. 3 and And, like, I found that game a little weird because, or I found uh, Crystal Shards a little weird because um i thought that it was funner to use kirby in smash brothers than it was to use him in uh crystal shards mm. uh, like i i felt like his float and stuff were better um that being said um it was still a really fun game but um it's 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 just funny like the way uh nintendo used to market you know the various uh lineup of characters and stuff like kirby has always been marketed i don't know why i mean maybe it was, it was a 90s but Kirby was always marketed as, as, like, some sort of badass. When, like, you actually play the game and they're all, like, super easy. Like, the only game where I felt like he was really a badass was uh, uh, the new one, as well as uh, uh Planet Rob- Rob- Robobot, because there was some pretty cool things to do in that game. But, um, yeah, uh, my my memories of that game were pretty fond, despite them being, like, not what I hoped they would be. But um, the whole uh, mechanic of uh, combining um, abilities or just making them stronger using the same one was definitely an, an interesting one. I don't really think it, it like, added much to it, but at the, at the end of the day, like, it was still fun seeing, like, what he would transform into because, like, this is one of those games where, you know, you, you just go ahead and be surprised. Like, there, there's, there's really no need for to, like, um, look at a guide or anything like that.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Now they didn't really do anything like that until Forgotten Land, where it's more just a straight-up upgrade mechanic. Mm. Versus, you know, combining these abilities as you as you find them mm-hmm. see sort of what comes out of it, and obviously the the new game doesn't have any way to combine different abilities in any way. It's just oh, here's a Kirby with the sword. What if what if he has a monster hunter sword? Uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, just different upgrades, but yeah, you can check that out uh, later this week on May twentieth. Mm. Uh, yeah, this next story here. The mobile game Tales of Luminaria that was announced last year is already going to be shut down on July 19th. Mm. Launched in November and is going to be dead within about eight months. Yeah. Mm. I assume basically nobody played it.
3: Pretty much.
1: Nobody played it.
0: Yeah, I mean... I
3: I can't think of a japanese gacha property that has really taken off worldwide with 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 predominant american marketing which went to this had and like it just goes to show that just because there's a lot of money to be made in mobile um doesn't mean that you know it's really easy to make it like you know what it like it actually really is easy to make it but until these companies realize that they can't just go ahead and put a dollar amount to just go ahead and hit like yeah, Your beta has to be good everywhere, like wherever you launch it at first. Like, all those things from day three, day 14, day, day seven retention, as well as like you know, the amount of money people are spending. Like, it has to make sense. So, I don't know like how big of a staff uh, that they have employed for this one, but you know, hopefully, uh, that this is you know, that this is going to lead to a lot of lost jobs. But hopefully, these all, all these people land on their feet somewhere.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, these, uh, let's see, the developer is a company called Colopl, I uh, I don't, I assume they're a mobile game developer.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, looking at their other articles here on Gamatsu. Uh, they're working on other stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So console stuff, maybe, but I don't know who all these, they, they describe this stuff in weird ways, but uh, yeah, they. I'm assuming they'll be just fine. Uh, as long as they were paid for their work on this, uh, but yeah, that's uh sad for a game that they were expecting to be big, mm-hmm. especially being partnered with you know Tales of Rise. Here's our next big game. Yeah, and it actually, was a, a big game. Yeah, and then this one's like, ah, we already got the good game. We don't need your mobile game. Mm. So that's kind of kind of that. So. There you go. Uh, Stick to Tales of Arise for that Mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, But yeah, let's see here. EA had another Dead Space remake stream. Yep. uh, Showing off the game some more uh, for that. So in the process, they also announced that it's going to be out January 27th, 2023. Mm -hmm. I believe PC and the new consoles. Uh, Just from the bits they've shown, looks like a very good upgrade. Mm -hmm. Looks really nice. New lighting and all that kind of stuff to it. uh, That's gonna make it even more uh, fucked up. And terrifying, yes. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, that's uh, I think that's the first game we've had dated for 2023. Mm -hmm. Or at least one of the first few games, so Mm -hmm. there you go. You can keep an eye on that. I don't know about the chances of it sticking, Mm because That's uh, game development right now, as is uh, highlighted by Bethesda's big announcement this week that uh, sent ripples throughout the industry. Of you know, their one big game that they dated last summer, a year and a half ahead of launch, Starfield got delayed from its November. What was it, November eleventh, twenty twenty two? I think it was.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: they have pushed that to spring twenty twenty three, as well as Redfall. Mm-hmm. Which also, which did not have a date at all. Just yeah, we were expecting it out this fall at some point, but yeah. much like Starfield, there was yeah. next to no gameplay shown.
1: Which I mean, honestly, it's kind of uh, I was kind of expecting this to happen. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure we're probably gonna see finally see something from both of these games. Yeah, but it's. Yeah, I I kind of figured they were going to end up getting pushed in the next year.
0: Yeah. Uh, it makes sense, because you should be looking at any games that you're expecting come out this fall. Mm-hmm. Like, If there is, you know, less than 30 seconds of gameplay that has been shown so far, it's probably not happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, there are not many games that can wait this long to show gameplay yeah, and still release.
3: Yeah, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Redfall even had some gameplay versus Starfield, we don't even know what the hell that, that game even was. So I think that one might still be a little bit more ahead. I mean, that one even had a, uh, originally a uh, Summer 22 uh, release one. You know, it, it sucks to see this happen, and like even though we sort of like expected it, mm-hmm. um, you gotta wonder like what Microsoft is even like, trying to do right now, like, you know, they've made all these acquisitions, especially with the big one of Bethesda, they're gonna, they're gonna close up with Activision uh, Blizzard pretty soon, and they don't really have anything to show for these, um, you know yeah. I, I, I'm gonna expect expect Hellblade to come out sooner or later, I mean, like, that that game was announced when excellent but, um, you know, like, uh even though the Xbox was, like, the, the console I played, like, the most, you know this, this week, this month it's it, it it sucks to say that you know it it still doesn't doesn't have its uh, killer app yet. Like yeah, Halo was great at launch, um, but it doesn't seem to have like the pull that it used to have um, when when it when it first came out. And yeah, it 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 still feels like they're feels like they're reeling. You know, they're 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 definitely in a much better spot than they have been in years past, especially with all of these like new studios under their umbrella. But mm-hmm. they still haven't shown us anything, and that's frustrating.
0: Yeah, they're in kind of the spot Nintendo was early on with the Switch, where it was the E3 after they launched that they had this uh, E3 Direct that was basically showing off a bunch of stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's still games in that showcase that uh, still are not out, like Metroid Prime 4.
2: hmm
0: Which had its difficulties, and then they said, you know what, screw this, we're going to give this to Retro and start over again. hmm that was even a few years ago.
2: Yeah, but
3: like even with Nintendo in the first year, like they they came out guns a blazing. Like, everything that they yeah. announced, the first few things, they they you you never saw a delay until like maybe three fourths of the way through year two. Like I think the the big, the first the first big delay was Fire Emblem, and you know that game came out eventually and it was out of game of the year. So, um, yeah, like we 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 definitely see like you know Nintendo go ahead and fire their bullets. But like going back to um. My main complaint with it, when it when it first came out, was the lack of any real sort of uh, exclusives for the platform. And I bought Yakuza uh, for it just because it had, it had times. Aside from that, like you know, Forza. And, um, I don't know. Like, I, like obviously, you know, uh, Chris Spencer is giving these uh, studios all the time they need to go ahead and come out with something. But Microsoft has spent a whole lot of money, and, and there, there's nothing here. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah the, the pandemic has definitely, you know, put a damper on a lot of these plans, but hopefully this E3 uh, is the big one. Granted, we've been saying this for the last four years, but mm-hmm. uh, hopefully there's there, there's something there. I mean, like now that now that these two have been moved to 2023, if God of War doesn't make it, what's left? Nintendo has 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 Pokemon and a whole bunch of unannounced stuff, but um, aside from that, like. We don't know what, what, what Sony or Microsoft.
0: Yeah, uh, I think for this year, it seems like their big game is going to be Forza. Mm-hmm. Uh, the return of Forza for motorsport stuff. Yeah. Because uh, that's kind of the, the big one they've got. Uh, I would definitely see Hellblade happening. But yeah, they've got you know all these new studios that have started games in the past couple of years. And that's going to lead to, you know, them not coming out super fast. hmm uh, Especially when it's like, we'll give you all the money you need, because who cares? We're rich. We're Microsoft.
2: hmm
0: Especially when a lot of these studios are working on games that are bigger than ones they've worked on before. hmm uh, Or in different genres, like Redfall. Arcane's not really done too much in the way of multiplayer, uh, sort of focused games, that kind of stuff. hmm uh, so yeah, kind of, kind of see a lot of uh, uh, a lot of interesting uh, stuff here. For how long it takes to get these games out from Microsoft and Bethesda, uh, especially because Bethesda doesn't want to have you know another uh, Fallout seventy six sort of bungled launch on any of this stuff, uh, and Microsoft doesn't want that either for their own stuff because they already have Halo Infinite that is just a game they had to strip down to get it out uh, and cut out, you know, co op and forge mode as well as the the multiplayer still seems to have issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had their second season launch and it still seems like it has bugs and such that are just bumming people out for as good as the 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 actual gameplay is in that. Yeah. Uh, everything else around it seems to be uh, not what people would expect about, you know, a Halo game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, especially, you know, with Call of Duty in its weakest year in a while, uh, and these other games that are just making it easy for them to come in and be like uh, the top king of the genre, and they didn't do much to take care to yeah. actually earn that. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what this whole showcase is uh, going to have in it uh, for Microsoft. Uh, Because i have to lay out what they're going to be releasing this year, and I'm assuming it's going to be Forza, I would assume Hellblade. Mm -hmm. That's been in the works for a while, and that team has shown plenty of gameplay at this point that it has to be coming out here. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised it didn't come out last year. Because I think it was one of the earliest next-gen games they announced uh, for the console. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah we'll, 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 we'll probably find out more like going into next month and uh summer gaming because uh yeah i mean like like i mentioned or like, like like you guys said like aside from forza on the microsoft side there isn't much there so on, on sony's side like we don't know about god of war and uh yeah like hopefully we we hear something otherwise like you know i'm I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, uh no one is gonna mind like go ahead and Elden Ring as game of the year now, but you, know, you would hope that like there is some sort of banger this holiday. But I, I just I just don't.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's also the the way COVID has messed with game development uh, and made it tough for you know studios to really know how long it's going to take to get them to where they need to be, uh, unless you're you know a Call of Duty studio that has been you know, making these games at this pace for, you know, a decade, two decades at this point.
2: Mm.
0: Other studios just make them and finish them when they're done. Uh, that can be uh, at any point, so yeah. Uh, Let we'll the see what the rest of 2022 is for Microsoft and Bethesda here. hmm As well as everybody else. This is the time for people to announce what they're planning to release this year. Mm. Yeah, beyond June, there's not a whole lot of confirmed dates. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, what is confirmed is Gotham Knights. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They are going to be out, I think, later this year. Yeah. Trying to see if there's a date mentioned here. Yeah, October 25th. And they put out a new trailer showing off gameplay and all that, uh, as well as the sort of the pre-order stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And along with that, they announced that, yeah, they've canceled the PS4 and Xbox One versions of the game, so that it is yep. only on the new consoles and PC.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so he's sort of uh, saying it's just quality reasons, uh, just not where they need it to be uh, for what they're doing. It seems like they uh, want to make this game as good as possible, and that seems like a solid move for them. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be out yeah, October 25th. Mm-hmm. Uh So yeah, that is a uh, not surprising news. Uh, but a little bit surprising just to see somebody actually do this.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but yeah, that's a uh, big news there. But even bigger news is EA has announced that they are dropping uh, the FIFA license.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh They've worked with them for n- nearly like thirty years at this point. And have announced that uh, starting next year, or this fall, I guess, uh, they will be uh, naming their flagship soccer game EA Sports FC. Mm-hmm. You know, as in football club, for those that uh, do not know their your football.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's how a lot of clubs are named. Uh, yeah, Whatever name of a city or title sponsor or something, FC. Mm-hmm. Uh, even here in the U.S. with the... Uh, the American soccer leagues do a yeah. lot of that stuff as well. So, uh, but yeah, the, the funny thing is seeing the, e, the 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 FIFA responses were like, we'll get somebody to make an even better game, and mm. make all the money for ourselves. It's like, yeah, good luck yeah. with that. Uh huh. It's like Konami's over there shitting themselves because they just finally put out their 1.0 update for the e football game last yeah. month, I think. Mm hmm. And there's that UFL, I think it is, that is the uh, the sort of indie soccer game that's supposed to be coming out to all the consoles, has yep. play and all that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe they'll jump on that bandwagon and somebody will pick that up. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're you know in a prime position to get all the licenses and all that that they need, and tell FIFA to go screw themselves as they deserve.
2: Mm.
0: So the FIFA organization is just a shithole. Uh, very corrupt. Mm. As you can tell, just from, I think, the, the World Cup's happening this year in Qatar. Mm-hmm. A totally normal place to have a soccer tournament in the summer, where it's going to probably be in the 120s. Mm-hmm. You know, prime temperatures for people to die playing football.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And that was a huge surprise. For the way it seemed like EA was kind of tired of FIFA and the way that FIFA kind of wanted to exploit the popularity of this with other FIFA games that Mm -hmm. had nothing to do with it. EA didn't like the idea of, like, tarnishing their game's reputation with unrelated stuff. Uh, But yeah, yeah, it'll be EA Sports FC from now Mm -hmm. on. I'd be curious what uh, EA does when eventually they stop calling their NFL game Madden. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because... that may still continue. I don't know. The estate may be fine with that. Mm-hmm. All the money that gives them, I don't know.
1: Yeah,
0: you can't always name it after a person forever. Yeah, but yeah, we'll have to see with that. Uh, but yeah. And other EA news mm-hmm. also positive. Uh, Criterion is getting the team at Codemasters, Cheshire, mm-hmm. uh absorbed into it, uh, so that they can develop uh, the new Need for Speed games. Uh, whatever the next one's going to be. I assume doing this now means it'll be out in a few years. Mm. It's uh, saying, but I think they have a mobile game that's in the works. I don't think it's from Criterion. I don't know. Uh, they have mobile studios for that kind of stuff, but yeah the, the Codemasters Twitter account was saying, we can confirm Criterion Games and the development team at Codemasters Shesher, which I believe is the team that worked on uh, What was it? Not Outrun. It was like, uh, I forgot that it was the former team that did Drive Club. I forgot what the game they did for Codemasters was. Um, But yeah, that's uh, that studio, what's left of it. Sort of working on Absorbed into Criterion and working on this new Need for Speed that probably should be a good game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: With that, so yeah, it seems like that won't get announced for a while so we'll have to Uh, Wait for that. But, Mm. uh, yeah, until then, that is uh, all the EA news for this week. Yeah. Uh, Some positive news out of there for once. Yeah. Uh, For something that isn't positive, (laughs) uh, Duke Nukem Forever is a game that was in development hell for a very long time. Yeah. As it seems like the studio just never... They ever got the game to a good enough place to just stay on the engine they were working on?
1: Yeah, it was basically kind of like a battle of egos, basically. Um, It was more or less this one dude, he kept coming... The dude who was in charge of the project, he kept coming across all this uh, new things that other games were doing. He's like, we've got to put that in Duke Nukem forever. And that's kind of like a good 60%, 70% reason why that game got delayed so freaking much. Yeah. And the other was that because of all the work they kept doing, the other 70%, the other 30% was that they kept doing so so much work for so much time that by the time they were getting anywhere close to a finished build, the engine had already gone out of date. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: they found new shiny things. Yeah,
1: which is why when you actually play Duke Nukem Forever and actually finish the game, one of the extras that the game unlocks is a bunch of, like, the secret trailers that they played at E3 behind closed doors through the years. And, like, you see bits and pieces of, like, what would eventually, the game would eventually be. And then you see shit that never showed up. Um, And, uh, yeah, as you're going to see from this uh, build, that's because a lot of this shit was never playable in the first place.
0: Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, let's see here. This is a build from 2001. Mm Mm-hmm. It uh, seems like uh, was potentially for like an E three show or something like that.
1: Yeah, uh, very basic kind of stuff. It's not. Pretty sure you can actually find the uh, the trailer that they used the assets for this online on like YouTube.
0: Uh, I believe they this whole thing's been uploaded to the Internet Archive. Yeah, as well as screenshots and video stuff in there. Yeah, it has like an editor in there as well, mm-hmm. so you can kind of see what it is. But it's a very much in in development build, so mm-hmm. there's not really much in the way of gameplay here. As the games director, former director George Broussard, was saying most of what's there are still small level snippets, level level designer tests, or some fake build out areas for an E3 mm-hmm. demo. There's some guns, yes, but next to no gameplay code or much AI or enemies or anything.
2: Mm-hmm. It's just
0: some art slash levels for the most part. And yeah, it's very much, you know, a game of that era that is incomplete. Mm-hmm. Uh So yeah, if you're playing it, it's not going to be anything other than just a curiosity,
1: really. Yeah. I know a lot of people are, you know, because... Uh, yeah, Obviously, even when that game came out, it was pretty much a stinker on Arrival. Um, And, like, those, let's be perfectly honest, the Duke Nukem franchise has not aged well at all. Like, it it just hasn't. Even, I mean, even when Duke Nukem Forever came out, people were already talking about not only how, like, graphically uh, dated it was in some parts, but also just socially. Yeah, because you know that whole you know the Duke Nukem franchise basically grew out of the whole PC bro culture, and like original, especially the original Duke Nukem 3D, like it is nineties as fuck. It really is.
0: It's sort of the the other coin of what like the the attitudes around making Doom was
1: yeah,
0: uh, where that's all very much you know metal yeah uh, Satanist kind of stuff. See, where- the-
1: that this Doom has actually aged well. Yeah. Because they, you know, they didn't focus on, on you know, because, you know, they, I mean, to be fair, you know, Duke Nukem 3D was kind of building off of the foundation that Doom and Wolfenstein had already built yeah. at that point. Um, so basically what they were doing is like, yay, guys, look, we're like Doom, but look, we got, you know, strippers and stuff like that. And to be completely fair, the original Duke Nukem 3D was actually a really big deal back in the day because it was one of the first like really interactive FPS games that you could play that wasn't just a running gun. You could actually do other stuff. But yeah, it, it's also like very much the sort of like, it's very much the like 14 year old boy mentality, you know, of yeah, I'm all big and muscular and I drink beer and I hang out with topless chicks and shoot things and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, very much an Arnold
0: Schwarzenegger
1: clone. Yeah, I mean, to be me, and, you know, he, he was, I think part of the other issue was a lot of people kind of didn't get the joke because the joke wasn't told very well. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he, he's not supposed to be like a realistic hero. He's a caricature. That's sort of his whole character.
0: Yeah, that's at least one of the smart things to do with Duke Nukem Forever, where he's just kind of a loser. Yeah. never grew up. Yeah, he was in the 90s. That. Yeah.
1: Then you also remember oh, yeah, this is also the same company that gave us Shadow Warrior, which was basically one, John, one long Anj- Asians are funny joke. Yep.
0: That's the game. Yeah. Which yeah, somehow.
1: Somehow, actually, be even more fun than Duke Nukem 3D was, but yeah, but yeah, this.
0: And Also, Duke Nukem wasn't necessarily a first-person shooter exclusive
1: character because I think his first yeah, couple he games out were... as a character, yeah, yeah, very first Duke Nukem game was a platformer, yeah, it was kind of like it was kind of a Commander Keen rip-off,
0: yeah, uh, very much when. You know, PC platform was trying to find a, their own version of a, you know, a Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Kind of thing, when that was a, an actual real challenge for PC because they couldn't yeah. do the scrolling stuff early on. Yeah.
1: By the way, if you ever, if you're interested in this type of stuff, anybody listening, read Masters of Doom. Because they talk about, you know, they talk about a lot of this stuff about find, trying to find ways that you could actually like have a scrolling Screen on a PC uh, back in the day because that was pro- pretty, pretty much the reason why you know platformers were such a bitch to program for that for that machine because you know when they finally when they basically when the uh, guys at id software finally figured out how to do it they basically had to re because because they, they were trying to find a way to like where they could adapt Super Mario Brothers three for the PC. And basically, uh, John Carmack had to re-engineer the entire game from the ground up in order to get it to work.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Looking at his wiki page, there was at one point where they were announcing a, they announced a Duke Nukem movie.
1: Yeah, I believe 2018,
0: it. Starring John Cena. hmm Which is like the complete opposite of his character in mm-hmm. WWE.
1: Yeah. Just kind of wild but Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, and then you see his uh, character he plays on Suicide Squad, and it's like,
0: yeah, I can see it.
1: But yeah, that's uh,
0: that's it. You can go play it if you want.
1: I mean, if you know, really, quote, quote Peacemaker quote,
3: has some. Peacemaker actually has some layers, but Duke Nukem has zero. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, so yeah, our last bit of news here is that Activision Blizzard decided to, I don't know make some sort of publicity stunt or something about this diversity space
1: tool. It was a dumb move all around either way, but yeah, it's,
0: it's such a weird thing. It's like rating characters based on their diverse elements that is not really how you would want to do this in an organic way. This just seems like a, a thing you did just because you could Mm. somehow, tried to make other people aware of it as like it's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, by the way, are,
3: are they rating it? This is... What's that? I No, like, the, the way it's written, it, it, it just may make it sound like, I don't know, I, I, I'm, I'm still reading about it. It's pretty bad. Yeah,
2: it's, yeah
0: it is. it's a weird thing where it has this, it's one of those kind of graphs that is like a, a big circle with a bunch of dots and it rates characters based on various aspects of their their personality their their race and all this stuff has like culture, race, age, cognitive ability, physical ability, body type, facial features slash beauty, gender identity, sexual orientation socioeconomic background, and like rates them based on how they fit on those i don't like how do you rate gender identity I don't know how you rate that on characters. Mm-hmm in, like, an Overwatch game. And as they had to walk back and say, like, hey, this uh, wasn't a thing that we actually use in anything. Yeah, while the prototype tool has been tested internally, it's not in active use. Our dev teams have always and will continue to drive in-game content. Uh, We regret any offense that the original post may have
3: caused. They say they, they didn't do anything, yet they want to say MIT went and helped them.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it seems like stupid silicon valley trying to find a solution for something that isn't solved this way it's solved by hiring you know a wider variety of people for your studio that can uh, help shape characters and stories and all this stuff in ways that make sense versus you know this that makes it look like uh, a quota that they're trying to fill and which is the the way that people write off this sort of uh, diverse character design and all that kind of stuff is like, oh, they're just trying to fill in quotas for this stuff. They just own themselves for some reason. Because they couldn't deal with the only news out there being related to the, the sexual harassment stuff. Mm-hmm. They wanted uh, more bad news out there uh, from things that they're not supposedly not actually using. So, yeah, congratulations, Activision Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you added more negative news to your uh, repertoire, so congrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's end with a little bit of positivity here. This is uh, the Nintendo Indie World Showcase. The big thing with this showcase that is kind of surprising is that most of these games were already announced elsewhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of stuff's like, oh, this is coming to Switch. Oh, yeah, this is also coming to Switch. Oh, yeah, this thing's also coming to Switch. Oh, yeah, coming to Switch. Okay. A lot of it were games that if you didn't necessarily know about it specifically, it had been out there probably on you know Steam or PC or other consoles, whatever. Uh, but yeah, they had Hold Direct sort of going through a bunch of this stuff, uh, so we won't spend too much time on uh, many of the things here, but there are some interesting stuff here. Uh, things like they confirmed that Ublets is coming to Switch, which is a Creature collecting game, uh, but Mm -hmm. with a bit of Stardew Valley kind of farming stuff to it as you kind of use your farm to create new creatures for your party Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. You also do like dance battles for fights instead of, you know, Pokemon style fights kind of stuff. So it has a a lot of silly stuff to it. Uh, That's coming out this summer for the Switch. I assume that game might be hitting 1.0 this summer. So that might be part of it that's also been on PC and Xbox for a while. Uh, Let's see what else on here. There's Botara Lost Haven, which looked pretty interesting though I didn't see any articles around about it. It's kind of an action RPG Mm -hmm. kind of game that has a neat look to it. Uh, Let's see that one just has a fall date. As far as I know, it's only on the Switch and the PC as well. Uh, let's see. Elec Head is an old, uh, an older Steam game from a couple years ago. It's come to Switch this summer. Sort of a platformer, puzzle platformer. Uh, there's Soundfall, which came out uh, that day uh, for everything. Uh, that is a rhythm-based dual-stick shooter. I believe if you play it on PC, you can use your own MP3s for it. Uh, but on consoles, you have a fixed soundtrack for that stuff. Uh, there's Wild Frost, which is a roguelite deck builder. Coming to Switch and PC this holiday. Uh, it's a totally accurate battle simulator. It's a very silly kind of battle simulator of sorts where you can just add groups of various types of characters, both simple stuff to mages, and I believe you can even make different characters as well. Uh, the Steam version might be the best version of that because they have the I think Steam support for that, so you can mm-hmm. find a bunch of weird stuff people have made for that. Uh, but that'll be coming to Switch this summer. Uh, there's a new Devolver digital game coming out called Gunbrella. That was kind of one of the more standout games here. Mm. As a, let me see if I can find a description for this here. Yeah, it's a uh, take on the role of a gruff woodsman on a quest for revenge, armed with the mysterious Gunbrella. Mm. This noir punk adventure game. Your investigation become entangled with the inner workings of ghouls and gangsters, cops and cultists, and other increasingly bizarre characters. Any mm-hmm. world rapidly losing its natural resources. Yeah. Challenge for scraps, spare parts to upgrade your coveted weapon to glide, swing, dash, dive, and take out enemies in gritty side scrolling combat. Mm-hmm. And that just has a date of 2023 for Switch and PC. Uh, See, so there's We Are OFK, which is a game that got announced at one of the PlayStation uh, State of Plays mm-hmm. last year, I think. Yeah. Uh, they basically announced that it's also coming to Switch sometime this summer. When they do that, uh, mm-hmm. there's Silt, which is sort of a puzzle adventure game uh, that is coming out on everything mm-hmm. this June. I don't think there's a specific dates on that, but let's see. Mini Motorways, which is the follow up to Mini Metro, uh, that has been on PC and mobile for a while, for a few years, now it's coming to Switch and uh, it's out now. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out. Kind of a little city builder kind of game. Uh, there's Wayward Strand, which is an interesting looking game that is set in Australia in, let's see, the summer of 19, 1978. And you play as a girl named Casey Beaumarie, uh, who has got a holiday weekend, I guess, that uh, she is gonna do stuff, explore the world, you know, have fun. Probably some, not some fun times, but uh, yeah, that is uh, coming out July 21st on everything. Mm-hmm. Check that out. Cult of the Lamb got a little showing here. That's on everything coming out sometime yeah. this year. Still no date on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's another Crabs Treasure, which was another one of the, the standout games that comes from uh, the developer Aggro Crab. Mm-hmm. That's uh their previous game was what was it, going under.
1: Yeah.
0: I wish they joked in their video, like, yeah, that game didn't make us rich, so we're working on another game.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Called
0: Another Crab's treasure, which is hey, what if you uh made Souls game? hmm Starring a hermit crab. Yep. Uh where you can go pick up uh new shells out of trash mm-hmm. that's on the on the sea floor. Yep. As you go on, you know, fights various Other sea life, as you try to get your, I think your original shell or whatever gets. uh, So you'll need to wear trash around as you uh, trash around you as shells to withstand attacks from enemies, many times your size. You're on search to buy back your repossessed shell. Discover the dark secrets behind the polluted ocean. It's a little bit of climate change and pollution kind of stuff in there. Uh, They call his attacks. Umami Techniques. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That is going to be out next year at some point. Uh, And that's just Switch and PC for the time being. So there you go. And then they did a montage of other stuff. Uh, There's One Shot World Machine Edition that's coming to PS4, Switch, and Xbox One this summer. There's Gibbon Beyond the Trees that is out now for Switch and PC. I think PC might be out in a couple of days, May 18th. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a hand-drawn adventure game. There you go. Uh, Let's see. There's Idol Manager for the Switch, August 25th. Mm -hmm. You can probably guess what that game's about. Managing a team of idols. There you go. Uh, It's been on Steam for a little while now. Uh, Then there's Card Shark, which is a very interesting game. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is coming to Steam and Switch on June 2nd. You can pre-order it now, and there's a free demo on uh, the Switch eShop, mm-hmm. so you can check that out. That's sort of a an adventure game uh, where you are doing uh, playing a bunch of hands of cards, oftentimes, mm-hmm. as well as dealing with a lot of the shady characters that are around. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, and they also confirm Cur- Curse Curse Golf is also coming to Switch, which I think would already been known, but
2: mm-hmm. just showed it
0: again for summer release. Uh, there's a guidebook of Babel. Which is oh a
1: yeah.
0: Game for Switch PC and Mobile is coming out this fall. It looks yeah. has a, kind of a neat look to it. Yeah. But yeah, that one is yeah, an adventure game. Yeah. With a butterfly effect. Legitimately really cool. Yeah. And that'll be out this fall. And then they ended with Opus Echo Star Song Full Bloom Edition coming to the Switch, and it's out now. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of also like an adventure game, a uh, puzzle adventure game. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's that. It was, it was a decent showcase, but it wasn't like one to surprise people with anything. Uh, that was like, oh shit, this is a big game. There's a couple that could be big games, but a lot of these are stuff that's been out elsewhere for a while now, or have been announced for a while, and just still wait these games to release. So, it
2: mm-hmm.
0: was a kind of showcase. It was, and maybe it's setting for more substantial stuff to happen Mm -hmm. uh, here at a potential Summer Games Fest Direct
2: Mm -hmm.
0: that they haven't announced yet, so we have no clue. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the frustrating thing. Here with uh, June, a mere couple of weeks away, and we don't really know a ton of what's happening outside of the, the big showcase and the Xbox Bethesda showcase, really.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was this was a, a bit of a weird um Nintendo does have a rather strong lineup. Uh we don't know when Advance Wars is coming out yet, but like that game is pretty much done. It's just that you know fucking like wars, like it's just this, you know, messing, messing things up there. But like aside from that, like next month we have Mario Strikers Mario Strikers, we have the Klonoa game coming in July, Live Alive and Chronicle. Also coming in July, you have Splatoon and uh, Splatoon Three in September. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and round out the, uh, the, the 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 holiday season. So like the the games are there. Um, normally the um, indie showcases like these much rounded out pretty well. But for me in particular, I thought this was probably the worst indie world presentation um, that they've ever done. Um, primarily because <clears throat> uh, there there really wasn't there for. Me. And, um, you know, aside from that, the Indie World presentation pretty much do a good job of showing what is being made uh, throughout the world. And I don't think they really did a whole lot of that highlight here. Um, yeah, they, they still had, like, you know, the the short uh, developer quirks and interviews um, a little bit after, like, a few games. But there weren't that many. Sh- aside from this stuff that, that that speaks to me, you know, there's We Are OFK, you know, everything. And then Ooblets, which has uh pretty much been a PC early access darling for more than a few years now. Oh yeah, and seeing how that turns out. But otherwise, like there wasn't really much here. And what's particularly frustrating was that you know, Nintendo pretty much made this format popular, and they always do the the one more thing kind of thing, and that didn't that didn't happen here. So, and um I'm not saying I expected like you know. Hollow Knight, Silk Song, or like Sea of Stars, or anything like that, but um, you do expect these kinds of um, presentations to end with a bang, and that that didn't happen. So
2: mm. it was a
3: little underwhelming in that regard. This is still a pretty solid set of games from the Indies here, um, but you know, in 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 a generation where we've seen you know things come out of no like Axiom Verge, mm-hmm. Celeste, like this just left much to be desired.
0: Yeah. It seemed like a, a showcase just to kind of set up themselves for uh, Direct that had more meaningful stuff to happen, mm-hmm. especially on the indie front. Uh, I felt like very much a business obligation of sorts uh, for these games. But yeah, that's uh, that's going to do it for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you to Brandon Dan Red for joining this week. Uh, we will be back with a new slate of news next week as we march ever closer to the Summer Games Fest to let us know that anything is releasing in
1: the Mm -hmm. second half
0: of this year. Uh, Even the sports games, sure. That'll be something. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, if you enjoy the show, feel free to let uh, friends and family know that they should check it out, as well as select strangers that uh, will not push you down a flight of stairs, just for talking about podcasts to them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, We'll see you all next time. Hope you have a good week.